Raised the Jolly Roger with a slick double play. And oh, what a stop, Hayes! There's one! Oh, zip, zap, kazoo! The Buckos just turned two! Ground ball, left side, picked. Oh, Castillo, a pretty play on the first, and a double play! In between hop, and now throwing toward third base, a pick by Hayes! Oh, my goodness, what a play! Key Brian Hayes and Michael Chavis turn it into a double play! You're listening to the 412 Double Play Podcast. Welcome to episode 24 of the 412 Double Play Podcast. Today is October 23rd. I am your host, Michael Castrogano. Joining me is my co-host, Ed Wassel. Ed, how are you doing today? Uh, sad day today. Sad day. Phil- yes. Phillies are going to the World Series. <laughs> Game just ended not too long ago. Phillies managed to win 4-1 uh, to one over in the series over the Padres. I was, like, preseason would never have picked the Phillies. Mets were stacked. Braves were stacked. Um, I mean, that's pretty much it in that division. But yeah, I mean, Phillies are kind of stacked, too. They are, but I just – it didn't feel like they ever had the bullpen to be able to survive a deep run. Like, they've got a bunch of power hitters, and, like – Castellanos, Schwarber, Harper, they, they're power bats, but they've also got some swing and miss stuff. They, also, because you have to. You have to sell up for power, you're going to strike out a lot. And uh, I didn't feel like the rotation was all that solid. They pretty much just had Wheeler and Nola. But they're making it work. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It just shows you all you have to do is keep your foot in the door and you, you've got a chance. Yeah, so Yankees-Astros game currently going on right now. Um, Astros are up 3-0 in the series. We were considering going to the, I mean, maybe not too seriously, considering going to the game at Yankee <laughs> Stadium tonight. But I, I will say, had I had I known about those ticket deals yesterday, there was a good chance I might have took a drive up. I probably would have tried to figure out a way to do it, because that would have been something. Just to, Even just to go to Yankee Stadium. Like for a regular right. season on a Tuesday in the in the regular season is way more than what we were seeing those ticket prices for today. Yeah, in the and that like I said, that's one of the parks I haven't been to yet. Yeah, I haven't been there either. I was talking with Steve yesterday because he's only been to three parks, and I'm hoping to have at I'm looking at at least one more because I want to go to um, the Orioles series in mid May next year. And then uh, obviously going to spring training, but you know that doesn't really count for the major league stadiums. Um, but I'm hoping to add another one, maybe Fenway or something. Yeah, well, I've only been to two. What PNC and PNC and Old Yankee Stadium? Ah, yeah, you got to get out more. I've been to City Field, Citizens Bank Park, PNC, obviously. 
Wrigley, Target in Minnesota, Coors Field, Nationals Park. I think that's all of them. So I've got a ways to go. But crossing off Camden next year. But enough of that. Let's look at the very brief roster roundup for this past week. October 18th, catcher Ali Sanchez was claimed off waivers from the Tigers. Also, uh, former Bucks right-handed pitcher Bo Solster was claimed off waivers from the Orioles. Catcher Jose Godoy DFA'd to make room. The roster is now full to 40-man. So these are kind of like minor moves. I didn't hate Solser when he was on the team. It was very quick look. I don't. I feel like these are just filler roles. Like if was Solser claimed off of waivers from Pittsburgh, or did he elect free agency when he was nope. like sent down? He was. He doesn't have the ability to. He was claimed oh, okay. off waivers by the Orioles because we DFA'd him. He came up, he pitched for us, and he doesn't have, like, the best stuff, but he was able to get outs. Um, he's one that I'll, I, like, routinely, when I'm taking the, the um, name all 68 players the Pirates fielded this year, like, one of the early ones is him. I think of Cam View, of, like, the relief pitchers. Cause I'm like, otherwise I'm going to forget. i got to remember them. Aldred. you got to take that quiz. It's... You gotta shut your brain off to do it somehow, because I feel like I, I was better when I had my brain shut off. Yeah, that's not somehow. gonna be an easy quiz. <laughs> no, it's it's rough. There's a lot of names that I forget every time. So, uh, but yeah, Solcer, kind of a filler. He's not bad, but it's very much depth. I don't think he's if he's on the. Opening day roster, that's a problem. Ali Sanchez, if he's on the opening day roster, that's a problem. I'm, I didn't like Godoy, and I feel like there's other guys who also need to get cut, and we'll get in, 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 to that in a little bit. Uh, maybe we'll transition to that now, because with the um, upcoming offseason, after the last out of the World Series is recorded, the postseason begins. And the Pirates, like 29 other teams in the league, We'll need to make some decisions regarding the 40-man roster. We're going to talk about the Rule 5 draft again closer to the winter meetings when we get a little bit more established rosters and who may or may not be available. Um, but right now, it, we're looking at breaking down roster moves for guys coming off the 60-day IL and whom they will cut from the roster as corresponding moves. So looking at that list, they have technically five, six guys on the 60-day. So right-handed pitcher Blake Cedarland, he's had I think he had Tommy John surgery last year, and then he had to have like fragments, bone fragments removed from his elbow in like August. So he's he hasn't pitched since 2020, I think. Uh, along with him, right-handed pitcher Yuri De Los Santos. Um, I think it was a can't remember exactly what happened with him. Wasn't it his lat? Wasn't it like a lat strain? Yeah, but why would that have been a 60-day thing? I don't know. I'll have to look into that stuff. But um, he should be available to start the season next year. Right-handed pitcher Colin Holderman. His was also arm-related. Um, Max Kranich. Max Kranich. He had Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out for almost all of next season. Definitely won't be 
coming to the bigs. And then uh, outfielder, Kanon Smith and Jigba, fractured his wrist. Collision with Reynolds. Uh, Roberto Perez, the catcher, also on the 60-day, but is technically going to be a free agent this offseason. Doesn't require a corresponding move until, unless he re-signs. Um, ben Gamble's going to be a free agent, opening up one spot. That still leaves four more. I don't, I don't see the Pirates releasing any of these guys. Like I said, Kranich had Tommy John, won't pitch next year. It's possible they chance it, try to sign him on a minor league deal, but I'm going on the assumption that they keep him on the 40 this offseason. I don't know what your thoughts on that are, if you think that they keep him or... I don't remember them don't chancing know, it. That's a tough one. I mean, they've kept, uh, technically, kept Sieverland on the 40 man this whole time. Well, I mean, think about it. All right, you keep Granick on the 40 man, but he's going to be on the 60 day IL anyway, so he's not really taking up a spot. Yeah, but for the off season, until the, the season starts, they can't put him on the 60 day. So he's going to be taking okay. up a spot. So I wanted to talk through some guys with you who may be cut. So the first name I'm going to throw out there, Jeremy Beasley. Off the top of your head, what can you tell me about Jeremy Beasley? Uh, I can tell you that he's a pitcher. <laughs> well, you got that right. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking yeah. at the 40 men, so. So it was traded over by the Blue Jays. Uh, I think first week in August, something like that. But he's the only player currently on the 40-man, not including, like, the 60-day guys, who did not play with the Pirates this season. Never got called up. I don't think he even played in Indianapolis. I don't know if that's, like, a personal reason thing or if his acquisition was, like, Vermont. It was just like a, oh, I guess we didn't really want you. Let me just double check with his stats. He he played, maybe he was. He played one game in Indianapolis. Uh, didn't record an out. Two hits, three runs, uh, 20 pitches. One intentional walk. So that was that's a rough outing. So maybe it was an injury issue. I mean, either way, he was on he was on the seven day, but. He still should have had some more more uh, appearances than just the one. Yeah, you would think. So he doesn't have a long track record, doesn't have any track record of sustained success. Um, he's is he going to be 27 next month? So it's not like he's young. I could see him being a guy that they just cut and potentially try to bring back on a minor league deal if they do believe in him. I don't see any reason. I don't know. I mean, it was yeah. he was traded for cash considerations. Yeah, I don't see like like a threat of someone else really signing him. And if they do, it's not like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so of the guys on the roster, I think he could be a like number one guy who potentially could be cut. Um, another one I'm thinking, Peter Solomon. I think he's another one that was like a waiver claim. Oh, I guess he didn't play for us. So two two guys on the 40-man who didn't 
play for the Pirates. So he's he had decent stats with Houston last year. I, I just don't. Fourth round pick back in 2017. So he's he's 26. So he won't be 27 until next August. So I guess he's younger. I don't know. Let me look at his minor league stats. Oh man, his ERA was not good. In the lower levels, he was doing well, but um, 2021, 4.7, 22, 5.58, and that's the minors. So I don't know much about his stuff. Right, just with uh, with Indianapolis, he had an 8.53 in four yeah. games. Yeah, so, um, but looking at guys who were with the Pirates, Bryce Wilson. Um, I, can na- I, can, I can name one. Go ahead. Collins. Do not Wait, need Zach did... Collins taking. Oh, Zach Collins. Spot. I thought you said Ponce. I'm Zach, like yeah. Ponce isn't on the. Hmm. <laughs> uh, no. Collins should yeah he he shouldn't be on the team. He listed yeah he's still listed as a catcher for some reason. God he was bad. Did he even get a hit for us? I think he got one hit. Over the, uh, oh my god, I'm right. He had 25 at-bats. He had one hit. And it was a single. He had two runs, though. So, you know, go Yeah, because he, he scored that time and he walked three times. Still not. Come on. Yeah. Because he was playing first base. His yeah. average was a .040. Yeah, pretty bad. I think um, recent acquisitions, Solcer and Sanchez, both potentially could be part of those cuts. They're not essential players. Obviously, we got them off waiver, so nobody wanted them anyway. Um, yeah, but why why claim them? You're gonna cut them, Ponzi's? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not really <laughs> sure what the thinking is for any of that stuff, but. Um, yeah, outside of that, it's a little bit tougher to say definitely, because I think it's gonna, it's probably going to be pitchers that they cut. So Robert Stevenson, I really like, I feel like he finished strong this season, but he's going to be arbitration either like for the first time or the second time. So he's going to get paid significantly more than a replacement level player. So it's possible that he gets cut at some point this offseason, which would be unfortunate because I feel like he really, like, he, was, he had a good control. Didn't walk, didn't strike out a ton, but he had, like, one walk the entire time he was on the team. So, um, how many did I say? Five guys have to come off the injured list? I've got another one that I feel like you would want off the team, off the 40-man at least. Um, hey, guess who I'm thinking? Boy Park. No, but that was – I agree with that one as well. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just surprised that he's still on there. I mean, he's got decent speed, fine for depth. Um, who was the other guy? Who who are you thinking? Miguel Yahure. Uh, yeah, I was considering – I mean, still, he's young, but it's just – He just doesn't have it. 
I don't. Yeah. He struggled in Indy. He struggled as a starter. Struggled as a reliever. His fastball is so flat. It, like if he tried to work on like a sinker, he pretty much only came in for mop up duty, and then he would just give up a ton of runs anyway. Yeah, his, I, his stats are not good. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to give up on him. I feel like they should. Yeah, I mean, he's be... 24. So. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I really think they should be trying to tinker with his, like, something. I mean, Mitch Keller finally put it together this year. He had a bunch of bad seasons and had issues with his fastball coming in flat. Yuhure's got good velocity. Maybe he just needs to go with a sinker. Yeah, I don't think Keller was ever as bad as Yuhure is. No. Like, Keller was, like, our number one prospect for a few years. Yeah, I mean, Yuhure was a top prospect. He was supposed to be, like, the big get in that Yankees trade. In retrospect, I feel like he's the worst part of it, but... But... Yeah, so uh, Beasley, let's go through this. Wilson, I'll keep Solomon for now. We'll cut Thompson, uh, not Thompson, uh, Collins. And then maybe Sanchez and Solcer. Yeah, sounds about right. Oh, I actually don't even have to cut all of them. But. Of the, I would think that four of those guys will end up getting cut. Seems most likely. Um, Arizona Fall League and Dominican League updates. So we've got a couple players who are playing really well. Henry Davis currently is one of the top guys for a bunch of stats in the league. He's got a 300, 439, 567 triple slash with five doubles, home run, six walks to nine strikeouts. I know you have mixed feelings about him overall, but uh, as far as like whether he's cocky, that's over 30 at bats, 10 games. Prime, but well, I think he's I only mean, been playing catcher. I like his bat. I've, I've yeah. never disliked his bat. His defense is what worries me. I've been and saying that I think Andy has higher upside on both sides of the ball. And that if Davis yeah. can be either DH or first base, because like Sable's in that league too, he, his stats aren't – like this is some pretty good competition there. You've got the top prospects from a bunch of different teams that you're playing against. Uh, and Davis is doing great. Sable's doing okay, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say him as a first baseman or DH. He ends up being outfield. If he, you know, if the bat keeps up, then obviously with Sable, but I think Davis has to have priority there. Yeah, at this point, I'd rather Davis hit, trans, try to start his transition to first base. Yeah, I still think it was whatever. It was weird that they had him playing in the outfield. He was asked about that in an interview last week, and um, his reaction was something like. It was fine, and he said it tersely. 
asked about him playing outfield in Indy or in uh, Altoona, I think. He said it was fine. But it was like a, a sternness to his voice. So Yeah, I don't know. Like, once again, I, I think he potentially has some character flaws. I mean, I, I understand if you were probably a catcher the majority of your life, that's what you want to do. Right. But at the same time, you should want to do whatever is going to help the team win. Yeah, and I think he will. And um, I, I, he's been playing with Andy you know, most of this season and has gotten to see his rise. So I think he certainly acknowledges and, and respects what Andy's been able to do, making the jump all the way to Indy uh, to end the season. <clears throat> Davis has a stronger arm, but Andy, I think, overall has better defensive skills. It's yeah, Davis maybe, has a stronger arm, but, like, Andy has... He's got better, better instincts on it. Yeah, like, he uh, his... Uh, like caught stealing is much higher than Davis. Yeah, it's because he positions himself to receive the ball so he can throw it quicker. Like his pop time, I obviously don't have them. I don't know if they even track them in the minor leagues, but from what I've seen, it seems like he his pop time is much faster than Davis, which well, like more than makes up for the arm speed. Let's so. see if they have those. All right, you look that up. Let me move on to the next guy, which is Nick Gonzalez. He had a strong start with the Arizona Fall League. Uh, I think he's currently ranked, well, he's ranked seventh on the team in OPS. He has a 270, 333, 541 triple slash, two doubles, a triple, two home runs, 10 RBI. I think he's uh, fourth, fourth on team, tied for fourth on the team in RBI, something like that. Oh, no, no. He's, he leads the team in RBI. He's fourth on the team in hits. So that's over 10 games, 37 at-bats. That's really good to see. Um, he's still striking out, I mean, not a ton, nine strikeouts to only three walks. But we're, we're getting to see a little bit more pop. We're going to see a little bit more consistency with hitting the ball, which is nice. So uh, the standout pitcher right now is Omar Cruz. We've also got Quinn Priester, Tanaj Thomas, Colin Selby. They're doing a little bit more, like, small sample size. But uh, Cruz, over 8.2 innings pitched, has allowed just one run, four hits, one hit by pitch, seven strikeouts, but eight walks. So Cruz continues to be a little bit wild. be interesting to see how that develops overall because – if he's able to confound these top prospects, potentially that can continue. I don't know if like what the deception is on his stuff. Um, but <clears throat> so so those are the standout guys right now in the Arizona Fall <laughs> League for the Pirates, and then going to the Dominican Winter League or Ladum L I D O M, Daryl Lopez who. He's quickly jumping up the charts. I'm excited to like dive in on him when we do the preseason top 30. Although Steve wants to drop it down to like 20 to 25. Doofus. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got a 333, 412, 470, uh, excuse me, 467 triple slash with one triple. Um, that's over just a handful of at-bats. I think it's like six, five or six games so far. 
So pretty small sample size, but uh, Endy's down there. He's got a 217, 250, 261 triple slash with a double. And then uh, Indies, Indiana Indians pitcher, Osvaldo Badeau, three p- innings pitched, two hits, one walk, five strikeouts. So he was a guy who could be, like, good starter depth. Possibly, like, a, a surprise spot starter who can actually pitch effectively. I saw him put a string of really good outings together to end the season. Interesting to see him as, like, a... He's not going to be, like, a top 30 kind of guy because he doesn't have that, like, blow-you-away stuff. But, like, quietly it happens. Sometimes you you don't need that blow-you-away stuff. Right. No. That's true. Now, what league do you think has, like, a stiffer competition? The Arizona Fall League or Dominican League? So the Dominican League has a mix of prospects and, like, current slash previous players. So, like, if you look at the Dominican League, there's Ioannis Cespedes there. There's Michael Perez. There's um, – let me look for these other guys here. And also, how do they decide which league they want to send these players to? It may be something like that they decide to go. And it's almost entirely players of like Latin descent. Okay, that's kind of what the I way figured, to put it. but I wasn't sure. But Jeremy Beasley, who we mentioned earlier, is actually pitching in the Dominican League. Um, who else is over there that I saw? And I was like, that's weird that this guy's here. Um, there's Andy. Melky Cabrera, former pirate. He's playing there. Um, he's old, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's pushing 40. <laughs> but, like, whatever. Yeah, if you still want to oh. play, you're going to... Another former pirate, Jeff Hartlieb, is down there. Um... So it, it's a it's a mix. So I would say, like AFL is basically playing minor league like minor league all stars, whereas Dominican the talent is just like a little bit different. It's basically playing Dominican league all stars. So I don't know. I would I think that Dominican league is. Difficult, like a harder talent pool, because you have some pros. They have a lot of the, a lot of the top talent comes out of that region of the world. Yeah, but you know, Arizona Fall League is also tough because, like, you look at who is on our team. We've got the minor leaguers for the Rangers, um, Astros. Who else is on? So it's the surprise Sagueros, Kansas City, and the Phillies. So, you know, at least one of those teams is going to be in the World Series. Yeah. I, I, like, <laughs> just, just from us having this discussion, I feel like, and it's not, this is just a personal thing, that the Arizona Fall League is almost like less polished players, like still some of your top prospects. Yeah. But like you're saying, the Dominican League has – 
pros and ex-pros that have already done it all. Yeah. And you see the difference. Oh. The guys who are signed to the Arizona Fall League are usually guys who need a little bit more work because they miss time during the season. So it's more like a continuation of the minor league season. Like Davis, Gonzalez, Sable, Cruz, Priester, they all miss time this season. Cruz might not have, but I'm not sure. Um, so it's more like a getting a little bit more reps or situations like Tanash Thomas, Colin Selby, Jacob Gonzalez, where they're going to be Rule 5 eligible, kind of getting those extra looks at them to determine what you're going to do with those guys. Yeah, and it could just, like with Thomas, it could just be getting him some more innings, you know, transitioning yeah. to the relief role. Yeah, but I thought he was pitching in, um, like, World Baseball Classic preliminaries for Great Britain. For so He's from the yeah. Bahamas. I guess Bahamas don't play in the WBC? And because they were owned by I do, I, Britain? I do feel like I also saw that. Yeah. So I didn't think he was even going for the AFL. but he, And he's been struggling. Small sample size, but... Um, yeah, so but there's interesting. We're getting to see some of the top prospects. Um, you know, I I love that we're seeing some good stuff from Dario Lopez. I think he could potentially be sneaking into some top ten lists for the Pirates next year. He's got some. He's got really good pop. Can hit for average. He's got a strong arm. He's, he, the problem is like he makes some errors. I don't know if they're all like fielding or throwing, but I don't want to put him over at second base, but I feel like he might make less errors there. Oh, so, you see that the guys that can't cut a shortstop third base shiftly usually shift over to the the other side. Yeah. So speaking of uh, third base, though. The Pirates' third baseman, Key Brian Hayes, recently nominated for Gold Glove Award. Um, he's going up against Nolan Arenado, a reigning champion. And uh, who's the other one who's going up against him? <laughs> Should have had this pre- prepared. Uh, the McMahon? Rockies. McMahon, Ryan McMahon. So he, by a lot of statistical measures is better than all of them and should potentially be up for the platinum glove. Hopefully. He should, but it seems like a lot of times when your team, I don't agree with it, but when your team isn't good, you get overlooked a lot. Yeah. I mean, the Cardinals won like what? Four gold gloves as a team last year. They've got Arenado, uh, Goldschmidt, they're both nominated again. And then Tommy Edmond is nominated for second base. And I think, yeah, he's also nominated for utility, as is Brendan Donovan. So it's weird that they so they added this utility position to try to take into account guys who don't have set positions. But you have situations where, like, the nominees are Edmund, Donovan, and Dalton Varsho. Edmund's nominated for second base, and Varsho's nominated for center field. Or for, not center field, right field. So, 
is this a situation where you could potentially win two gold gloves? Yeah, that's silly. Like, I'm okay having a utility gold glove statistic or category, but I think you should only be allowed to be nominated for one thing or the other. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense otherwise. Like, I don't know. That's that's frustrating. Because it's taking away potential nominations from other guys who would deserve it. Right. So, but either way, so Key is nominated. Um, are they, are the voters going to go by the metrics, which say that Hayes is far and away better than, like, Fielding Bible is far and away better than Arenado and McMahon. But I think it's really coming down to Hayes and Arenado. McMahon is very good defensively in his own right, but, you know, Arenado being the, how many times has he won this, like, nine? (laughs) Almost every year. Arenado's won this award in each of his previous nine major league seasons. Ridiculous. Because if Hayes doesn't win this award, then there's no way he's going to be nominated for platinum. But <laughs> that would just be ridiculous. I mean, maybe he could, but... I mean, you've seen Stranger Things. I'll be very frustrated if they give it to Arenado just because he always wins it. Well, you hate him. He's not good. Oh, my God. He is good. He's fine. He's, you know, one of the top three third basemen in his division. But, like, towards the bottom of that list. So it's it's him who, at three. Who is, other, who is the other one who ranked better than him? So he's at three. Hayes is at one. Number two is, like, Castro. All right, you need some serious <laughs> Actually, maybe behind Castro is Park, and then uh, like Van Meter. Um, I think Bring Van the Meter captain back. is still rolling throughout your system. <laughs> I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see on that. Like I said, still think Hayes will should be getting that award. Um, yeah, if you only count defensive statistics, Hayes should win it. Yeah, so they'll be announcing that on November 1st, 5 p.m., Friday Game 4 of the World Series. So we'll have that. Hopefully good news for the next episode. But I think that's pretty much all we've got this time. Ed, anything else you wanted to add before we wrap it up? Uh, Philly suck. I hate them. (laughs) Let's go Pirates. All right, well, that wraps it up for us here at 412 Double Play Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at 412 Double Play. Follow Ed at Ed underscore Wassel. Continue listening to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. From all of us here at 412 Double Play Podcast, thank you for joining us, and let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks.